Uh, William Shakespeare once said, what's in a name? What is in a name? Um, welcome to Crush Fictionally. Speaking of names, I am Michelle Veray, and with me as always is... Kimberly Trong. And we are so excited about our guest today and so, so excited to be talking Star Wars, which I'm going to be honest, are there any cooler names than the names in Star Wars? Mm-hmm. Skywalker, Lando Calrissian, Bodhi Rook, like... That I just hope that somebody's having a baby like today and they just <laughs> decide to name their daughter Fennec Shand. <laughs> that like, whole name. Fennec Shand. <laughs> yeah, it's like Fennec is her first name, Shand is her middle name, and like Williams or whatever is her McGillicuddy. last name. McGillicuddy. So, yeah, exactly. And Fennec so, like on the Shand first. McGillicuddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they call roll. That's what they call roll at school when they're like, is Fennec, Fennec Shand McGillicuddy? She's a little girl. Hire. I mean, how awesome would that be? Jin Urso? Yes. Oh, it's so good. There's so many I'm, names. You're right, Michelle. There are so many good names in the Star Wars uh, universe. There I want to be a person that names people in Star Wars. Like, is there a job where all I do is just get to come up with cool names for the Star Wars franchise? They're like, no, Kim, that's just a writer. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you. Do you have to be in the writer's room to do that? But I oh. love that the names are like very cool sounding. Um, sometimes they're kind of like sing songy. Um, I don't know about you guys. Uh, feel free to jump in. But growing up, I hated my name. I mm. did. I thought it was. Veray um, is a very common Filipino last name, but is um, not a name that you hear often in California. And people have a hard time, even though it's a short name, people have a really hard time with it. And it comes out all kind of weird ways. And so growing up, I was like, God, I just wish I had like a white girl name. That everybody knew how to pronounce. Yeah. McGillicuddy, Williams, you know, Smith, like any of those like basic names. <laughs> that's what I wanted because it just seemed like too ethnic, but not ethnic enough, which I think is a great parallel for me growing up um, or great metaphor, if you will. But yeah, I did not mm-hmm. like my name growing up and I would have loved a name like Fennec Shand. <laughs> Looking back on it, because uh, Fennec Shand is so common, <laughs> so uh, common. and easy to pronounce just but by took, reading it. It took me a long time to really love my name. I wasn't until yeah. I was probably in my early twenties that I that someone said, "Oh, what a great name!" And I was like, "It is." I don't know why I've been sitting around hating it my whole life. Why it, it's it is a great name. So I do love it now, but it, it took a me a long time to get there. And then you got it embroidered on everything. Yes. yes, yes, yes. She's like, "Call me Veray." <laughs> don't even call me Michelle. Just call me Veray. And that's the thing is I don't like people calling me only by my last name. I don't like oh. people calling me only by my last name. And I don't like when people like lean in super hard on the like the Filipino pronunciation of Veray. Because my dad pronounced it Veray. And most of our, my dad's side of my family does. But if you were in the Philippines, it'd be Veray. But I don't mm. need white people on the street being like Michelle Veray. <laughs> 
You know, like, get out of <laughs> Did here. Did you know that you're mispronouncing your own name? Uh, <laughs> yes. Says a white woman. Uh, says some white woman somewhere named Karen who needs to t- remind me of that. Bye, Karen. Bye. Yeah, girl, Michelle, I am totally with you. Um, I, I have a very white first name, Kimberly, uh, which my mother so kindly, my Vietnamese mother uh, so kindly bestowed upon me. But uh, I'm sure so that I could assimilate easier to the U.S. than she had. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, my last name, Trung, uh, or, you know, the Vietnamese pronunciation, which, you know, don't make me try that. But it's (laughs) it. I grew up, I have a very distinct memory in the fourth grade of kids making fun of my last name and going Trung, like, (gasps) and like bowing and putting their hands together in prayer and going Chung. And I, you know, you, I like you, I'm, 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 I'm mixy mixy as your dad would have said, uh, Mm. half, you know, Caucasian, half Vietnamese. And you are often pulled in different directions. And then in high school, it's a whole other thing where it's like, oh, I'm not white enough for the white kids. But then the Vietnamese girls who speak Vietnamese and, um, Mm. you know, are full Vietnamese. I'm not Vietnamese enough for them. And, you know, they would try to ostracize me in different ways. So it's, I definitely spent many years as a writer, you know, dabbling in acting as well, just running away from my last name. Mm -hmm. And because no one knew how to pronounce it correctly and, or they were misspelling it, or they, again, they would look at the name and they see me and they would see a, they would be, be like, Oh, you don't look like how this name, you know, what the person I expect with this name. It's interesting you say that because when people find out that my last name is Filipino, it sometimes I get a look like, I get the, are you sure look like as Mm -hmm. if I wasn't sure that I was Filipino. Like, are you sure that that's your last name? Are you sure that you're Filipino? (laughs) Yes. This Karen, Karen. same Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that not only did you mispronounce your own last name, but you don't look Filipino. Um, Yeah, no, I 100% am with you. And I uh, acting such a weird, terrible thing, casting such a weird Thing to go through as an actor and thank God I'm not doing that anymore. That's a different part of my life now, but um, yeah, I just, I ran away from my name and I don't know when it finally, it was like my late twenties where I don't, I can't tell you a moment that I was finally was like, yes, I'm going to embrace my last name, but it finally happened for me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to embrace my last name. It, it's my last name. It's the m- one that my mother gave me. And now that I'm older and I also understand her struggles and the things she went through and the trauma she had, it's like I wasn't raised by my biological father, so hence why I don't have his last name. So she gave me her last name. And it's part of me is kind of like, you know, I, I'm not trying to like make it into more of a symbolic thing than it needs to be, but it's the name she gave me mm-hmm. and it's the one I'm going to start embracing. And I, and I remember making that decision and I don't remember why, but I remember consciously going, I'm not fucking around with my name anymore. Yeah. And suddenly things started happening for me. Like people, I don't know if it was because of my attitude changing 
along with, you know, me embracing my name, but, uh, you know, this is when I really started stepping into myself as a writer and suddenly I was getting opportunities and, uh, getting recognition for my work. And I think it was because I was just wholeheartedly embracing myself, not just the name. Yeah. I, I definitely remember someone complimenting my name, and maybe that was the first time I had ever heard somebody say something nice about my name other than saying something, like, judgmental or, like, slightly, uh, you know, underhanded, I guess, about mm-hmm. it. Um, and so when somebody complimented me, I, I, it's funny that you say that about your mom because then I was like, yeah, my dad did a lot of – worked hard. He, he did everything – that he could to make a life better for our family and for me and I wouldn't be here and there's you know spoiler alert there's not a lot of names that go great with Varey <laughs> there's not Shante and, uh, <laughs> it could be then that's that's like Shante why didn't he Vare. name you Shante yeah Shante Varey uh, that one that gives a whole that is like my whole like alter ego or something like that but I here but we go. there's not but there's not a lot of that sounds other than maybe Shantae, but there's, it's hard to find a name that sounds really good with Varey, you know, that has the right amount of syllables that has the right, you know, the right inflection. So it doesn't sound like, you know, mm-hmm. it can be like Jenny Varey. There's, there are apparently a lot of Michelle Varey's out there. Cause I get their emails by mistake. Um, but I will say that then I started thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know why hating on this name. It has this history. My parents worked really, you know, worked hard to make sure it sounded good. It does sound good. I shouldn't be embarrassed it by it. And if, if Karen doesn't like it, then bye, Karen. Yeah, bye, Karen. Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Karen. Um, and Karen's probably be like, I really hate the name Karen. I wish my parents <laughs> had named me Karen. I know. Imagine being named Karen. Man, not a good time Especially to be named now. Karen if you're no, a good no, person. No. No. Uh, great. Uh, great if you're not a great person. Um, so, <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, we have such a handsome voice guesting with us today. Who is our you special could- guest? Oh my gosh, speaking I feel names. like I, speaking of names, I know, I feel like I know this voice because he has a book and an audio book um, to go along with that book. But we are excited to welcome Fook Tran, who is an author, educator, and tattoo artist. Uh, mm-hmm. I recently read Fook's book, um, which is titled Saigon, a misfits memoir about great books, punk rock, and the fight to fit in. If that and- doesn't get you to read this book let me just tell you that i have said to folk that this book is like it has destroyed me i i'm having a hard time reading other books after reading this book if you're a friend Mm. of mine i probably recommended this book to you because man what a beautifully written just a book overall it's a lovely memoir and i cannot recommend it enough so thanks for joining us uh to talk about some fictional characters today well thanks so much for having me i'm so excited and uh uh, sorry about the soul destruction (laughs) inflicted it's all right it's all right also can we can we also really acknowledge how fantastic the title of this book is it's literally (laughs) the words sigh as in sigh, oh, sigh. Mm-hmm. and gone, as in get gone, bitch. Um, sigh, gone, but also a nod to Saigon, as in Vietnam and the old, mm-hmm. uh, the old city. I 
as a half Vietnamese writer, I just want to tip my hat to you because I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Oh, thanks. But you know what? This is where we're at. I can't have all the ideas, right? You got you got to share them. You got to share the wild forest ideas. But there's so many other. Yeah, there's so many other. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're so, so excited to have you. I think, um, we were talking about like names and being ashamed of names. Did you have that growing up, Fook, in terms of your name? Yeah, a big time. I mean, and also I think, yeah, you know, it's funny listening to sort of both of you lean into that. And I wonder, I wonder if it only happens in sort of like multicultural spaces. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if like, there's like some guy in Germany who's like, oh, I hate my name Dita. You know, like, <laughs> probably not. You know what I mean? Or like, or like maybe Hans. He, maybe maybe he does. I mean, like, you know, Hans is not sitting around in his room being like, I wish my name were Fook. You know, like, it's just. <laughs> Not, not happening. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, I, because like, I think when you have, I, my guess is like when you have like multicultural spaces or multi-ethnic cultural fabrics, like there, you know, there's like an implicit hierarchy, right? Like there's mm-hmm. like power that's like yeah. associated with like Karens and, you know, Jenny's and <laughs> so Becky's, right? So sorry if you're named Karen. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. Some of my, I, yeah, some of my best friends are Karens. Yeah. <laughs> plenty you know? of good karens right right and then all of a sudden you know like like diego's and pablo's have a different space you know mm-hmm. that they inhabit in that world and then like dante and shantae's live in another space and, <laughs> i mean that i mean that is just like that's sociologically proven right like I mean, yes. there's mm-hmm. been lots of studies that have shown right I, you know and i don't want to sound like the guy that's like studies have shown but like <laughs> yeah. you know names of certain sort of ethnic sounds like just don't get the callbacks that other names do so like we've, right. we've done it already like that's and we've just lived it and now there's like a you know you know research that proves our lived experience you know yeah. mm-hmm. sorry dieter and hans but you know so i guess <laughs> I, I guess in like a monolithic society uh, well, like, you know, like this thing in France, I don't know if you guys know this, and, uh, and then I'll answer your question, Kim, like, <laughs> in France, for a long time, it was illegal to give kids a non-French name. Oh, like, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that I it just, was illegal. I just learned that. It was like a law, like, like if a baby, like, was born, and I guess I should probably fact he check He couldn't be later. Hans, or he couldn't be Dieter. Yeah, or like, it, he had had to be like, yeah it had to be like Francois, or like, you know, Hugo, or whatever, like, it was very, or Victor. Wow. Or, yeah, it was like really wild. Yeah. Um, on a on a on a similar tone, but maybe a little bit more lighthearted. I know we were making jokes about Fennec Shand earlier, but <laughs> a couple years ago, I think it was in New Zealand that the government came out, and I don't know if it was necessarily like a law or it was just a, like some kind of guideline that parents were naming their kids these ridiculous names, like Bus Stop Forty Seven or like. <laughs> Um, Can you imagine? Uh, you know, these like phrases, they were giving their names, these phrases like Tula does the hula. And finally, the government was like, y- y- just don't do that to your kids. Like, yeah. it's just not right. And Bo- when, face. <laughs> when the government yeah. has to step in, you know, it's really it's gotten to a real bad place where they're like, I cannot distribute another social security number to. 1-800. Hula does the hula or yeah, like 1-800 contacts or whatever. You've sold your baby's name for a marketing uh, ploy, uh, which well, apparently and- is a real thing. And that has happened a few years ago. 
Which yeah. is like so sad because that's kids can be mean, as we all know. And uh, Kim, you were telling your story about kids making fun of your last name, and it's just like, can you imagine having like the the name like bus stop forty seven and then going to school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless no, I thought I had it. Unless all the kids, or or if you had like a critical mass of like you know kids name like yeah. hula does the hula, yeah, and, like Porsche champagne, right, and things like that, yeah, and then Elon Musk's kid. Who's oh, oh that's brutal. I mean, you, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to pronounce it to be yeah. quite honest. Can Siri uh, help us out? Can somebody help us out? With that? It, it's yeah, I don't that when I when I heard about that, I remember thinking, oh, screw these people. I you. Ooh, I hope that I hope that kid grows up to hate his or her parents. God, I don't even know what sex the child is. Obviously, not that it matters, but like, I hope that child grows up and is like, "Damn you, damn <laughs> you, parents! I don't want your billions of dollars because you did this to me." Uh, and like, becomes the opposite of Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll do good things uh, for the planet um, in a different way than his dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On Mars. He might be on Mars. On or, Mars. Or they, they might be on Mars. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I am so excited for this episode. If you hadn't already figured it out, listeners, we are talking Star Wars today. I, okay, so maybe we talk about Star Wars a lot. Maybe you have listened to this podcast and you're like, Kim and Michelle, like, Kim Michelle stop talking about Star Wars. She tries to fit it in on every hit the pause button episode on Star Wars. No, no, we cannot hit the pause button on Star Wars. Um, but if you don't like Star Wars, I guess you don't have to listen to this episode. But maybe we might talk you into liking Star Wars by the end of this episode because I think um, Fook has a really cool history which we can talk about in part one but a really cool love for star wars from his childhood and we that is why we're talking star wars today so if you're sick of star wars i don't know why you're even listening to this episode to be honest with you you've gone really far into this episode if you're sick about star wars but if you i think if you listen you'll get a lot of good and interesting information that and so not necessarily much Star Wars based and you get to hear Fook's lovely voice and then yeah. you should just go win, win, buy win. his book or listen <laughs> to his audiobook and you can hear more of his voice. Maybe too much, right? Mm, never. No. Yeah. Never. never. Okay, thanks, thanks. Um, shall we go ahead and start this show? Let's do it. to crush fictionally uh we are so excited to have our lovely guest of the book Sai gone fook tran fook thanks for joining us we're talking star wars today and right before we started recording i said that i think star wars at least one of the star wars movies the originals was one of the very first movies that i ever saw which was return of the jedi and i mm. don't uh, really, I remember not really understanding it. I remember seeing Ewoks and thinking they were cool, but it really kind of like in some way shaped my childhood. I feel like Star Wars has shaped a lot of like our pop culture. Um, mm-hmm. It gives a lot to, I don't know, maybe gives us this platform for like imagination and things that you can dream up and think up. Um, but as I was really doing my research this week to pick a to pick a Star Wars character that I haven't talked about yet on this <laughs> podcast. We've picked quite a few. 
We've picked quite a few. Um, and so I was going to say that is it for a question for you guys and anybody who's listening is when it comes to stories, fictional stories that are set in like fantasy worlds or sci-fi or space, like in the Star Wars galaxy, is that the great equalizer? Because you think of some of these movies that came out in late 70s, early 80s, we saw all kinds of different, not just characters, but people of different ethnic backgrounds, and they had these Mm -hmm. cool names, and they were doing cool things, and they Mm -hmm. weren't relegated necessarily to like, you know, bit, bit parts or like you know, just mm-hmm. as side characters. I don't know. I think that is space is Star Wars the great equalizer so that we can have characters like Lando Calrissian. Oh, I love that. Are you saying, oh, the, so are you suggesting that it's, um, it's a big table at which anybody can pull up a seat? So? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. so. And going back and watching some of these old movies that I mean, old not that old um because i saw them when i was a kid but i feel like to go back and watch them again i just watching them with a different lens and think also thinking that we've seen a lot of new star wars content come out that's been very conscious to have like female um females in major roles that i love Mm -hmm. um but we got to see a lot of really cool characters i mean that was my first time seeing you know billy d williams and i thought he was like the coolest cat around and i was what like four years old (laughs) Mm. i know about stuff that's cool at four i i'm with you i actually i also love the portrayal of princess leia i think for late 70s for a story developed and written in the late 70s um for a woman to be independent fierce not take some guy's shit um is in a dress but is like kicking ass i think that was so progressive um i i'm with you i love also too what we're seeing uh, with i know everybody has opinions about this latest trilogy of star wars but i'm not gonna lie oh kim keep it together okay you can get through this that that which of course i can't remember which film but the where we meet rose tico's character but we're meeting her sister and it's the very cold open of the film and you find out that this i i'm pretty sure it was a vietnamese actress but um an asian actress is mm-hmm. saving the day mm-hmm. in the cold open of this film i'll never forget sitting in the theater and bawling because I'm like, an Asian actress <laughs> just helped contribute to saving, you know, uh, the day for the rebellion. Like, it was such an emotional moment for me. And I think representation in media is incredibly important. Um, and so I think this last trilogy, whatever your opinion is, you cannot deny that the talent that they got for this film in terms of diversity was just incredible. And I can only imagine that the kids who are watching this film and this is their first touch point or maybe second How touch cool point into that? Star Wars yeah. Yeah. see can see themselves and these characters is just gonna be so important. And I and I can and I just I hope that 
um, maybe this is like the second wave, like the first trilogy, like maybe girls saw Princess Leia or say mm-hmm. they saw Lando, yeah. uh, you know, black children saw Lando and was like, oh my God, that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you may not consciously think it, but it has such an impact. Yeah. Ooh. And I, and Fook, you talk about this in your book about, and we, ta- we've found this out doing this podcast is when we're trying to find characters, man, there's a whole lot of white men and women, you know, white male and female characters that we can find no problem, but we didn't grow up seeing a lot of characters that looked, you know, half Vietnamese or half Filipino or even like remotely Asian. Or if they did, they had mm. some crazy accent and they were an immigrant and they were, but in a bad way, not in like a very cool you know, like uh, a cool, like strong way and, or they were like nerdy and good at math, you know, like they fell into these stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see characters. I think now that branch out from that, whether they're saving the day or helping their sister or, um, you know, fighting the, you know, in a real cool fight scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, I think, about, <clears throat> excuse me, like seeing like Steven Yun on like the walking dead, Oh yeah. you know, like he's amazing. And like, I know it's like, God, it's just like, he's like, he inhabits a space. I mean, and you know, he's like a very handsome guy, but like his Asian-ness is just like baked into who he is. But, like, yes. It's not like, yes. a, it's not like a thing, no. you know, yeah. but right. it's a thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, what a tight rope walk for them to do. Um, and also, like, you know, he gets the girl, you know, he, like, gets Maggie. And, like, yes. he's just, like, he's just an all-around great guy. And I mean, He's the I, kind of guy you want in a zombie apocalypse or in space. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's always he's <laughs> yeah. always doing, like, the right thing. Like, yeah. St- Steven Yen, I think I've actually yeah. texted Kim at some point and been, like, mm. After after seeing him in so many things, I'm like, that man can do no wrong. You <laughs> really can't, yeah. It's, you, like, is there a Twitter campaign to like, get Stephen Young into Star Wars? Like, let's I mean, right now. how come this has money happened Disney? yet? <laughs> I mean, yeah, take my money, Disney. I mean, we'll talk about, get a little bit about money. that uh, as we get into this episode. But again, listeners, as you've heard, we're talking Star Wars. If you hate Star Wars, again, I don't know why you're even listening. To, you've gone almost you've halfway through this podcast and you're still Just listening. Just stick with it. <laughs> Just stick with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Michelle and I, between the three of us, Michelle and I, Fook, we're all going to talk you into some sort of Star Wars part of the franchise. So Kim just tried to, tried to walk you into the latest trilogy, so... Hello, did you not hear me talk about how an Asian woman saved the day and I wept like a baby? Uh, If that's not enough, I don't know. Um, Shall we go ahead and start talking about our favorite characters from the Star Wars universe? Um, Yes. Yes, Fook, you are our special guest. You get to go first. Mm -hmm. Lay it on us out of the entire canon. No pressure. (laughs) The yeah, entire no galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. It, there's no right or wrong. Who yeah. is your favorite Star Wars character? I'm gonna go with Luke Skywalker. <gasps> yes! You know what? Michelle predicted that. Um she? Oh, that's good. That's good. I she like did. That. She predicted that. Uh now tell us. Uh, say we live under a rock and we have no idea who Luke Skywalker is. The, <laughs> I feel person, bad for you. Yeah, also. if you live under a rock or you hate Star Wars and never watch any <laughs> Star Wars and uh, Fook just said Luke Skywalker and you're like, who that? Who? Uh, well, tell, tell, tell them <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, he's the, you know, he's the main protagonist, right? He's the hero of the, at least the 
first, well, he's the hero of the middle trilogy or the original trilogy. And then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, his story is sort of like, you know, his story picks up a little bit in the sequel or in the modern trilogy, but mm-hmm. he's not the, I wouldn't say that he's the main protagonist, but, but there's like, there's still like Luke's story to tell, you know, in the new. Of sequels. course. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But yeah. I mean, he's like, you know, he's like the guy that like, you're like, you know, rooting for, so to speak, in the original trilogy. Exactly. And um, guys, I am so not familiar with the quote unquote middle trilogy. So Luke doesn't realize he has this Jedi power, right? Mm. Um, He has this like very complicated family history. How does he get looped into the whole, um, you know, uh, world that we embark upon with the Star Wars franchise? Yeah, I mean, I, and this is part of my love of, I think, my connection to Luke, right? He, like, he's, like, growing up as, like, this adopted kid with mm-hmm. his, quote-unquote, aunt and uncle on this, like, you know, sort of, like, backwaters, like, bullshit planet of Tatooine, right? So, it's, like, mm-hmm. basically just, like, you know, redneck town. And then uh, there's this, you know, guy, like, this wizard in the desert named Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he shows up and, like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Luke's aunt and uncle get murdered by some uh, stormtroopers, right? Da, da, da. And then, you know, Ben Kenobi shows up. He's like, all right, let's go. We're going to have an adventure now. And so he gets sort of swept up into this adventure. And then Ben starts, Ben Kenobi starts telling him a little bit about who his real father was, sort mm-hmm. of, right? And then, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Luke. Uh, a real backwards way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Come on, a lie, but not a lie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Luke meets up with Han, right. And they go off on some, and Chewie and the droids, and then they go off on some, you know, adventures. They meet up with Princess Leia and then, you know, you know, and then um, let's see, Ben gives Luke his, you know, sort of familial heirloom, right. The lightsaber. And mm-hmm. Luke's like, what? Like you had this Yo, all along. Yo, why this didn't you give dad's, this to me? Right? Yeah. <laughs> you knew been this real, the whole time. It <laughs> would <been> real handy <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of scrapes, right. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, so the first movie or the the New Hope, right? The fourth, the fourth episode. I'll always call it the first movie, right? Ends yeah. with Luke yeah, sort same. of like yeah. blowing yeah. up the Death Star, right, and being the hero and sort of like discovering that you know he's got sort of a greater destiny than than he thought he had, being on that sort of backwaters farming planet. Yeah. I, so, uh, young Mark Hamill, played by a young Mark Hamill in the first mm. three movies. Um, I think this was Mark Hamill's first big break. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say it. I'm just going to say that it's it a yeah. fact to this. It's a sweet break <laughs> unless like, anybody um, corrects me. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone? Um, side note, um, I do have a brother and uh, he's he an older brother and he's was obsessed obviously with Star Wars. So I grew up knowing a lot of Star Wars and he went to school when he was little and started writing um, Mark Veray on his papers oh. at school. And the teacher had to call my mom and say, did you change his name to Mark? And my brother wanted to be Mark Hamill. Oh, oh. Not even Luke Skywalker. Not wanted even to be Luke Mark Skywalker. Which, like, that is a whole nother podcast about what I want to be an actor him. in Hollywood. I want to yeah. be an actor. I want to be Mark Hamill, which, you know, I think Mark Hamill is very, seems like a very cool guy. So uh, yeah. I guess that's not really wrong, but I just think that's so funny. But yeah, his first big break was like, it's a cornerstone of pop culture. The star, you know, the beginning of star Wars in this very first movie. Yeah. And then he did, yeah, I mean, did like some small films thereafter. And then he's done a ton of like voice acting stuff since, right? right. Like huge voice acting stuff. Yeah. And also fun fact, he's like a huge uh, Beatles memorabilia collector. 
Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, like incredible, like crazy, crazy stuff he owns. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what he owns. Like, he didn't buy the rights to it like Michael Jackson did, but <laughs> he's yeah, got like taking stubs and Shoot. first pressings and all sorts of wacky things. Yeah. That's cool. Got that Star Wars money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he got the Star Wars money to spend on Beatles memorabilia. Right? Uh, I hope he negotiated that contract early on. But yeah, no, I... the So, it's funny that you pick Luke, Luke Skywalker. Not I don't know, funny is not the right word. But how do you feel about how they have expanded his character into this new trilogy? Are you with it? Are you against it? I know there's a lot of strong opinions about uh, this latest trilogy, as I said before. What do you think? Yeah, no, I love it. In fact, I, you know, when I was thinking about who I was going to pick, I think actually how they treated him in the in the sequel trilogy really mm-hmm. sealed the deal for me. You yeah. know, like I think I, I, for me, like his his character arc is the most complex. It is, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like this naive farm boy, and then he grows into himself, and you know, he's got this struggle with the dark side, with like Return of the Jedi, and mm-hmm. like discovers he's got the twin sister, and then. And then I love the fact that, like, he's in the new trilogy. He's like this disillusioned, like, old guy. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't, I don't know what it was all about. I think I fucked everything up. Like, I, I was really powerful for me. Like, I think it was, it was. I, I think there's like just, it's so much more complex. Like, I, oh. I love that they didn't do the easy thing and have him just be like this total badass, save the day thing. Not, not that I didn't love that. I love that in Mandalorian. Like you know, that was like mm-hmm. the scene I didn't know I wanted. Oh you know, my like god! When, oh. I know. Like, <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! If you, yeah. have if you haven't the finished latest the Mandalorian, season. do not li- listen to the rest of this. Stop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, go back under your rock and uh, exactly yeah. go back yeah. under your rock <laughs> or go watch the, all seasons of the Mandalorian and then do come that. back and yeah. know exactly and then what back. we're yeah. talking about. Right. But yes, oh my, but, yeah, that is so he's complicated. Yeah, I mean, so I I love it. I you know, and I think like my connection to the character is that they're so you know i mean at every phase of luke's journey like i I feel like there's like something about my own life that i'm like yeah luke you you know how i feel luke (laughs) that's interesting you say that because the way that you were describing it i was like oh you bring up a really good point that it seems very real you know that he like you said he's a disillusioned adult and I, i think people can really understand that regardless of you know their background or where they're coming from it to some degree they've we've all had those feelings and so i feel like it was very real and i and you're right i've never stopped i've i've always rooted for luke always even in the latest trilogies oh yeah i I mean again another spoiler alert if you have not watched this latest latest trilogy but i i agree wholeheartedly fook about the how they made luke complex and at one point we see it uh again spoiler alert we see it through kylo ren's perspective that luke is a villain and you're Mm. like ah like i was screaming michelle and i always talk about good versus evil who's the real villain da 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 we love talking about villains and how they're complex and what and when we love them and perspective and man i was just screaming in the movie theater when when they when you see it from kylo ren's perspective and you're like yeah, oh my so god mm-hmm. yeah luke is a bad guy in this very moment and mm-hmm. he later admits like you know i you know i don't I, again i'm not gonna do it justice but like he later admits like yeah i made a mistake and i 
I was going to do that. And I'm like, oh, it, it's which is a very human oh. thing to do to like make mm-hmm. mistakes. Like they could have made him perfect, right? To what Fuku you were saying, but yeah, he shows up in The Mandalorian, and I remember Kim. You Girl. finished the episode before I did it. So she texted me and she Girl. was like, have you watched it? And I was like, no, I haven't. It's, I, I'm, I'm like, so just doing that. I'm doing that tonight. And she's like, Girl, and it was just like all caps, and I know I was like, like that X wing, the X wing shows up or whatever, and I was like, ooh, I'm getting chills. I don't know how to handle this. I think I know who that is, and man, what a great, I was what a yeah. great screaming. Moment. I like James and I, my boyfriend and I, we were watching it, and we're like, who is it? Who is it? And uh, <laughs> when it's revealed that it's Luke, I was like. Like I was just screaming. I'm like, oh, oh, the world's so colliding. Badass. He comes in right with he just it's it's, ah! it's so effortless and cool, so and so you're good. just like it. You know, we always joke on this podcast about bow down to Dave Filoni and mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, John, John, John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Just God. be like, what a great choreographed moment. And for me, it was like. It was a complete surprise. Like I knew, I was like, someone's coming. Like they kept, they were kind of leading up to it, and I was like, someone's coming. Who is? Who's it in the X wing? And I just, it was one of the like, if it was in a movie theater, I would have probably screamed out loud, or Kim and I would have seen it and screamed out loud, which we have done at. <laughs> yeah, Star we love, Wars we love screaming in the middle of movies. It's great. Wait, so I want to hear who your characters are. I'm so curious now. Yes. So <laughs> I love how Fook, you're like, you know, I'm a, I'm a third host now. I'm moving this yeah, along. He's, he's moving <laughs> no, this along. He, so didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't okay, know all right. that was well, the next spot. Teed it up perfectly. Michelle, because I do fear that we've, d- we might've picked the same person. Why don't you go first? And then I can either oh, I scream you were gonna or say, not scream. I thought you were going to say, let's say it at the same time. <laughs> oh, should we? <laughs> Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's the same character. Do you want to do something you said? How about one, two, three? Say it. Fook does the countdown, okay, and then three, two, one, and then we say it. Mm -hmm. All right, you ready? Okay, three, (laughs) two, one. Bathe and Chirrut. <laughs> oh, you picked both of them. You picked I both did. of them. I cheated. Wow. I'm sorry. But I feel like they have to go together. I, I feel like that you can't pick them separately. Oh, girl, quit. Because I put as my number one is obviously, how many times can I say that on this podcast that I <laughs> love Donnie? <laughs> Hello, Donnie. And I, you guys, you guys know why that. Did if you I know that, that you were going to pick Donnie. But anyway. I was like, I. What's funny is that I've put down that I was going to pick Chirrut as. I was like, oh yes, yes, yes. He's like my number one. And then I was like, oh, then I guess my number one honorable mention is like Baze. And then I was like, no, I guess they're together. But I love that you picked them both. So let's just say that we I both cheated. picked them both. Um, I, that we both I feel cheated like, because I love exactly. that. Uh, wow, that's amazing. I love that you guys picked them. We, this, <laughs> it doesn't happen all, all that often, but lately Michelle and I have been on a choosing uh, similarly streak, uh, which I'm not mad at because I think it just goes to show how good we of taste we both have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, both, it, it goes to show that we both have this insane love for Rogue One and Star Wars story. Yeah, if you're yeah, if sure. you're listening to this and you have and you are a Star Wars fan and you haven't seen Rogue One, what are you doing with your life? Ooh, this movie is so darn good. It has it's got everything. It has everything. I said before we started recording. I think I said that uh, I said to Fook that I love um, 
I love uh, Emperor Strikes Back, which is technically right the second movie, and it that has all the things. It's got a little bit of like it's got a lot of action. It's got you know the good versus evil. It's got a lot progressing as far as the story. Everyone's got. A, a movie under their belt so there's good acting chops and we're seeing some new characters there's funny moments and then there's a cliffhanger which i feel like star wars is probably like what the is it the touchstone for like storytelling like that is such mm. such good storytelling in that second movie and i feel like rogue one is very reminiscent for me is very really reminiscent of that where you've got all you've got you've got some new characters you're meeting for the first time um that are all amazing in their own right and uh there's really good representation there's funny droids i mean stop it with mm-hmm. the funny droids yeah. already yeah. And, <laughs> and there's just some really like when we first meet um donnie n's character which is chirrut inwe inwe he is so cool, and Ugh. we see him on the street of Jeddah City, and he meets up with um, Jen Urso, kind of like on on happenstance. But he's blind, and Kim, you probably read this: is that that was Donnie Yen's idea? Is that the character wasn't supposed to be blind, and he pitched it I didn't to know that. Gareth Edwards, mm-hmm. and they kind of ran with it. And originally, Donnie Yen they approached him to play this character, and he said. I'm not interested. And then apparently he told his kids and his kids were so excited that he went back and was like, oh, I guess I'll do this. Don't be a loser, dad. You freak. Um, That's what I would have screamed at my dad. (laughs) That happened to Gary Oldman too for um, Harry Potter that he turned down the role and then his kids were pissed (laughs) and then he went back and did the role. But he's so great great in Harry Potter. Uh, That's crazy. I love those stories. Um, but yeah, I love that he changed his mind and said, okay, I'll, I'm going to do this. Um, but yeah, I I love his character. That fight scene that he does have that we first see him in Rogue One is, ooh, that gives you chills like mm. Luke Skywalker style, you know, deep, you know, deplaning that X-Wing. It was so, it's so cool. And it's like, can I say it? Peak Donnie Yen? <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's a statement. Uh, that, I don't Wait. know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of there's a couple of like Ip Man movies there that. Uh, uh, I mean, I love Donnie. Yeah, Kim, weigh in on this. Pete Donnie Yen. I gotta be honest <laughs> with bold. you. I don't know the that's I don't bold. know the full catalog uh, yeah. of Donnie Yen, but I can tell you right now that I absolutely love him in this movie. Love yes. him in this role. I have probably watched Rogue One about eight times over the last year because if it's on television, which TNT seems to play it every other weekend, I'm probably going to tune in and watch it. <laughs> and even just to watch that moment, uh, again, spoiler alert, towards the end, there's a very mm. pivotal moment where he's got someone's got to make the sacrifice and they got to do it or else the thing's not going to happen. And uh, Chirrut heads out against his friend's wishes, Baze, who we got to talk a Ugh. minute about Baze because I'm yeah, loving please. on Baze. They have this um, Baze, this BFF screaming, what you doing? Like, and so it's like this like heavy emotional moment, action packed, you know, uh, lightsabers are uh, not lightsabers. Guns are shooting off. It's crazy. And uh, the entire time you see this, blind man and he is walking out 
calm and he's so calm. He's a beacon of peace and he is, he just knows his purpose and he's walking out and he's like, uh, uh, I am one with the force, force and the force is with, with me. me. And oh. I cannot even, I cannot not sob through that. I, it's just, I know what's going to happen. Moment. I, oh. I mean, I, I know I've seen yeah. this movie voluntarily many times and I know what's going to happen. And every time he's like, you know that he's going to go and go out and try and like save the day. And there's a part of me where like, yes, he's got to do it. He's going to do the right thing. And then I want it to turn out differently. And I cry every time as he's saying, I'm one with the force and the force is with me. And he keeps repeating it. And, and his BFF, uh, Baze is watching and he's like no don't do it and that whole scene mm. I mean not only Stop gives it. me chills but it makes me cry every time and I know it, the outcome and I want it to turn out differently I want him to to make it I want him and his friend to to be all right I want them to like star in a buddy comedy I know I never I knew want, I was missing where is my Star Wars has, show for the two I, of them <laughs> where is it I mean hasn't the internet shipped them like Baze and Cheer it like that. They're there's like some implication that they're like romantically involved. And oh, that I didn't I'm okay know that. with this. I'm yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think I that want. makes. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay yeah, with for sure. Whether it's BFF, yeah. platonic or not. Yeah, I'm here for. Give those me this two. TV show. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> TV where show is Disney it? Plus. Star Wars. I'm uh, Disney. I'm throwing my money at you. Take it and make this show. Um, I love one of the uh, lines that Baze says. Now, Baze is his like wild hair, gun toting, like couldn't be the fine more- with that long hair. Let's oh. just say that. I mean, I know I got a tight, but man, he looks really <laughs> fine with that hair. He looking, he is looking very like be good with that long hair. I'm not gonna lie. He's you know he's got his like jumpsuit. He could not, you know, it's like an odd couple situation. I love how yeah. these two characters are written. They yes. feed off each other. Um, but Bates said that this is this beautiful line that I absolutely love. Don't mistake. He's referring to his friend Chirut. He says, don't mistake his lack of eyesight for a lack of vision. And I was mm. like, ah, hot dog. Like that is chef's kiss right there. These two There's are so, so good. many good lines in this whole movie. Because so I think mi- Cassie oh. and Andor doesn't. He turned to, to Jen and he's like, rebellions are built on hope. Mm. Oh, such a good line. The- the movie from end to end. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to be a bold statement. And I, apologi- <laughs> and I apologize for all the, if there are some hardcore Star Wars fans listening. But I'm going to say that I think Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. Ooh. Now, that is a very bold statement. And I know it's characters that we only see one time. And we're not going to see them again, at least not in a movie form. Which I'm okay. Well, yeah, I'm okay with that though. I'm okay, I'm okay with, I'm okay with it. These characters, but I, I absolutely love this film. I love all of the characters. I think the casting is perfect. I mean, Forrest Whitaker as Saul Guerrero, he um, comes in, and one of the first times we meet him is he opens up, you know, that metal uh, contraption or whatever where Jin is like hiding, and he says uh, to her, "My child." Come to me, my child. And you're just like, mm. yes, dad. You know what I mean? Like he <laughs> is perfect as Saul Guerrero. And I love how he, he bring, I know now I've turned it into Saul Guerrero and why I love this entire Rogue One movie, but 
I That's love okay. how it shows the complexity of the rebellion as well in mm-hmm. terms of like, there's a more, there's a more, violent more or less forgiving part of the rebellion that's being introduced through Saw Gerrera. Um, We're also seeing like, we're also seeing complex complexities within the, um, within like the dark side of the force, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you're, ta- you're talking about like Galen or so played by Mads Mikkelsen, right? That you're mm-hmm. just like, Oh, we've already seen a lot of the star Wars canon where you're like, um, the emperor and Darth Vader and, and the entire, their entire fleet is just evil and terrible. You're not necessarily, we weren't seeing a lot of characters who were like second guessing some of their evil choices or their evil alliances, right? It was either like you're good or bad and you're starting to see a little bit more complexity on the other side of the coin, which I think, you know, I think is interesting. And we, we, obviously we've got the backstory for Darth Vader with Anakin Skywalker, which I think obviously is fascinating, but this is like the first time when you're starting to see some of these characters that maybe we've thrown away as like, Oh, you know, (laughs) Oh, they just support the death star that they're really like, Oh, maybe I made a, maybe I made a bad decision aligning, you know, with the dark side. And I think that's a really interesting take to see these characters in this movie go through that kind of Mm. like, whole other mm. whole other thought process and all the corporate backstabbing right like, <laughs> yes. you know, director krennic's like i made this thing right and then grand moff tarkin's like sweet i'm taking credit for yeah. it right? and he's like <laughs> oh yeah. i didn't know i want to be the most evil <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I oh my oh thing. yeah that's oh yeah oh my god i totally blanked on that oh my god yeah the complexities in this film from end to end i again i I'll say this uh, 30 times, but I love the idea of playing with um, people aren't wholly good and they aren't wholly mm-hmm. bad. And sometimes good people do bad things and bad people, you know, bad people start to question what they're doing. I don't believe in good or bad people, to be honest with you. But I think oftentimes human nature, we're very simple we're very binary, good, bad, yes, no, there's no in between. And I love how this movie's like, actually, um, the people that you think are good may be up to some bad things. Um, at, with Cassian Andor, you know, you first meet him, he kills a man. Yeah, no, no question. And you're, yeah. when we first meet him, you're not really quite sure if he's what his whole motivation is because you're like, well, mm-hmm. he killed that guy pretty quick, which you knew when you met the guy. You're like, oh, I'm pretty sure that guy's going to die. Um, <laughs> But you he look does like it really a dead quick. man. Yeah. <laughs> You've got an accent of a guy who's going to be dying soon with that. He comes in with like this random British accent or something or an Australian accent. You're like, definitely going to die. Definitely going to die soon, right? <laughs> um, and he does at the hand of, hands of Cassie and Andor. But we're not really quite sure. And I think that's really, I, I, I like that because it makes the characters very real, right? Because mm-hmm. to your point, they're not all good. They're not all bad. And so it makes them really real, uh, especially when we see Saw, Saw Guerrera. Ugh, you see why Forrest I Whitaker know. is an Oscar winner when he and Jen uh. Urso come together. And, and he says, aren't we still friends? And she's like, but you left me. And this is probably, I'm going to say it. 
This is probably the only time I really like Felicity Jones and anything. Is Ooh, in this we got a bunch of statements so. happening in this podcast. I know, that's a bold statement. <laughs> I made another bold statement. Um, but yeah, I liked, and she looks, she, you can see that she is this character that's been really hurt. You know, she's obviously seen her parents um, in a bad situation or making bad choices as a little girl. She knows that they they're not really down with the right people, but then she sees her mother get shot. And then she says to Saw Guerrero, she's like, you just left me. And I was 16 years old and you feel that heartache for her. Mm. And then you see the feelings that he has too, where he's like, I was trying to save you because they know who your dad is. And he just says it so convincingly. I love Forrest Whitaker in this as well. I mean, he made it onto my honorable mentions list too. There are all these characters need their own show. Do you know what I mean? Like Riz Ahmed's <laughs> character needs his own show. Forrest Whitaker as Saul Greer needs his own show. In fact, my theory is that the Cassian Andor series will have Forrest Whitaker. Um, I'm there for reprising it. his role as Saul Greer. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think. And I think it'll probably connect, it'll probably connect to the Ahsoka Tano show too. Maybe. <sighs> yeah, that would be interesting, right? Or I mean, the, the timelines don't match up but i mean she's alive during that time period yeah that's the thing i keep trying to wrap my head around i'm like oh yeah these crazy timelines because even when as uh again spoiler alert at the end of the mandalorian latest season and i was sitting there being like who's that person coming off the you know uh uh, coming onto a ship and like kicking ass like for whatever reason i was screaming like oh is it obi-wan kenobi and i was like wait that makes no sense with the timeline um he's dead (laughs) (laughs) but his ghost could be his ghost do we see him come back yeah Wait, Kim, I'm so curious that like you chose Rogue One as your favorite Star Wars movie. I know we're we're veering off. And it's like no, we're probably not. it's it's the least um has the has the least Jedi action in it. I know. Like isn't that interesting? I'm so fascinated by that. And you chose the ultimate Jedi. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, you think he's yeah. the ultimate Jedi? Yeah. Hmm. Well yeah. yeah. I mean I mean yeah. That we've been introduced to thus far. Yeah, we don't um, know what's going to happen right. with Grogu. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gro- I'm here for Grogu. <laughs> I've never loved little a little character tail. more who hasn't said any words whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I, he I says mean, it all with his little, his little, his little uh, whimpers and what have you. Yeah. Oh, he's so it's cute. So his ears it. moving. Um, I yeah, I, it's funny. I think. Um, I think as a writer, I, again, I really gravitate towards playing with, uh, like, good and evil and the complexities of it. And I think that's what really draws me to Rogue One. I love the kind of, like, motley crew of people who have to come together to save the day. And uh, I I also love that angle as well. Um, And I just love the cast. I think the cast from end to end, I mean, from the moment we even have that first introduction to, I'm blanking on Riz Ahmed's character's name, but when we... Bodhi Rook. Thank you. Um, when we meet him and he's so sarcastic, he's so like, and he does a good job of playing like somebody who is like damaged, right? Who's someone Mm. who's probably has like, has some, has, has worked through some things. He's like mentally trying to process like defecting and then trying to get to the right person and nobody believes him, right? The, the, where he's 
you know, uh, the Empire will, wants to find him, probably wants to kill him. And then he's trying to get to the to Saw Gerrera, and nobody believes mm-hmm. either that he is who he says he is or that it's not some – it's a trap. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that it's not a trap. And so um, you feel for him and he – and. Uh, I've already said how much I love Riz Ahmed to Kim personally, but I love him in this role of like, of, of acting like a little bit out there and wrestling with like reality and what's really happening and trying to do the right thing. And is it the right thing? But I love him in this. He's, he's so good. And his, he always gets me with his act, his um, way that he does accents. Cause sometimes I forget that he's British. Mm. Have you seen? I haven't seen Sound. Of Metal. <gasps> Have you seen that? Is it good? Did well. you read our minds? We were planning out this episode, and I said that I wanted to give out a, a shout out to the Sound of Metal because Riz Ahmed is in that, and I've since watching it, I loved it so much that I told Kim I loved his character, Riz Ahmed's character, <sighs> so much that so I just wanted to talk about that mm. character he plays. Yeah, I'm getting my um, vaccine, my second vaccination shot tomorrow. So, like, I'm going to be laid up. I, so, I think I'm going to queue up, like, just, like, eight movies and just watch them. So, I think I will definitely watch Sound of Metal. So, you but haven't it's, seen it's, it yet? I have not yet. Okay. No, I'm really excited to yeah. see it's, it. No spoilers yeah. here. I think, that, I think that you'll that you'll enjoy it. And you will fantastic You will enjoy it. it. Um, and being that you're a big also, music person, I think you'll yeah. have an appreciation for for the... Maybe the music in it, but also just uh, the whole storyline of somebody who's very passionate about music who loses their hearing or starts Um, to. Can I just open a a small window for a second and talk about your love of bays? Like that, I'm just so curious about that. Like, uh, he doesn't have a lot of lines. He doesn't. He's Other than his, like, he's gun. got his, he's got a big gun. He's got long flowing locks. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the sick flow, right? The, he's you know, yeah, really he, good flow. Um, um, he does. I'm not gonna lie. He's probably he goes probably goes into that. This it's so funny. I was just talking to some friends about like our type of men last night, and I, <laughs> I'm and when, really when Jang was on there, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I'm really not into like. The tough, quiet, mysterious type. I'm really not. I'm more into like the goofy, jovial, like, uh, like, uh, that kind of type. The guy who's like constantly trying to make me laugh. That's probably more my type. But this character, I think he is just so rough and ready. And it's so funny that he is like, you know, he strikes up this friendship with this uh, guy, um, uh, Shirut, who it, it could not be more opposite of him. I yeah. love it's almost There's some like, backstory there, right? Like, right, why it are is. they together? It's <laughs> like a yin and a yang that I love about the two of them, hence why I had to choose them together, because I felt like it was a bit unfair to choose one without the other. Do you think that, like, the rent on Jetta is just so high that they have to, like, split <laughs> this, like, studio yes. they bedroom? Went, yeah, Most definitely. They, they went into like the classifieds, like the, London the Jetta of... City classifieds, and they just totally. found each other. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah, it's like totally the same. Yeah, Craigslist situation. Blind guy <laughs> looking to room with. Like, why? No, I feel uh, like I feel like I feel like a Chirrut had an ad out, but didn't tell anybody he was blind. And then Bay shows up and is like, "Okay, like I'm fine. Not a big with deal. It. Like, yeah, He's I got don't care vision. about it." Somebody, 
Kim, make this pitch. Make write this pilot, Kim. Kim I mean, Ray, make I, this happen. Hollywood, listen, make this happen. Dave Filoni, John, John Favreau, find my ass. I'm ready. <laughs> I want to do the next Star Wars series. I'm ready. Bring me into your writer's room. Por favor, I cannot beg this enough. Um, I love the I, friendship between them. Even if they uh, found each other on Craigslist, I... As um, roommates. As roommates <laughs> I, in Jetta City, randomly. Um, I, <laughs> I love their friendship. I feel like we've talked about Chewbacca being the ultimate ride or die, ride or die yeah. uh, on our space episode. But I think that... These two guys are like the epitome of oh, ride or die. Whether they they're are. like romantically they linked or died, not, right? yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. But also, I but I like that. I mean, when not to, I think that people say, "Oh, you want to find your ultimate ride or die?" Isn't that Baze? Isn't that he, he's like, "Oh, that fool's gonna die out there," even though he thinks he's one with the force. But I'm gonna go out there and help him out. That's the friend you want. You know that's what he was thinking too. Man, this fool's gonna die. <laughs> fool, he thinks he's one with the force. He thinks he's one with the force. He's got is- talking him up, saying he's got vision, and he does. But now I gotta go help his ass per usual. Just like Baze in- is that skeptical friend that you have who's just like, oh yeah, you wanna like go on this like vegan juice cleanse? Okay, <laughs> sure. Oh, see, I think Baze is more like okay you do that juice cleanse i think it's a dumb idea but i support you in it i support you in doing that juice cleanse and then when you get sick on that juice cleanse i'll be the one cooking a dinner (laughs) so i'll be the one uh fetching the fried chicken uh that you are now begging for because you've been on a vegan juice cleanse the last three weeks you want that's the friend you want that is the friend i want um and maybe boyfriend i don't know guys oh, sorry my- james <laughs> sorry james you just <laughs> i do think that there's a lot of similarities between my boyfriend and base which is yeah because james is you know very much the quiet type very much the ju- quiet mm. judgmental type um he'll still go along with it like you just said he'll still go along with it but he's judging you the entire time and he's like eh. was this the best idea kim Probably not. Um, yeah. but, I'm, but I'm there for you. But I'm there but I'm, for you. Yeah, but I love you and I'm there for you. That's what but, you need. But do they drop like the I told you so in there? Because that's not super helpful, right? And I don't <laughs> feel like Baze does that. Like he never he never True. really does like the I told you so. I told you this is He says crazy. it with his eyes. <laughs> I'm, I you love know? a good I'm told you, I told you so. But I feel like it's got to be the <laughs> right moment. Receiving or giving. Ooh. Probably giving. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you probably don't like receiving. Girl, I told you so. Um, <laughs> what's that line from? What is it? Uh, from Wedding Crashers? Would be like, "I'll meet me in the back. I'll be the guy who said I told you so." Um, <laughs> but yes, I love these two characters. I'm glad you picked both of them. I mean, I love me some Donnie Yen, but I feel like there's that right balance between the two of them. And can we just say that then when Donnie Yen, although Fook disagrees that it's beat Donnie Yang when he's having that when he's having that fight and it's so badass and he's got his staff and he he uh, takes a stormtrooper and like hits him in the foot and then he goes is your foot okay and then hits him in the it hits him in the head directly after and then at the end when they get captured um they put you know like uh cloth bags over everybody's head and he goes are you kidding me I'm blind (laughs) so good it's so (laughs) 
good. And the it's fact so that good. he was the one who pitched uh, to Gareth uh, Edwards to say, I, I, this character should be blind, I think is just really interesting. It makes that moment at the end, again, that Michelle and I always saw bad when he walks out. <laughs> Uh, it makes it even stronger, I think, because I think about like, what if we just did that scene with the seeing a person who had their vision? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would be, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been as impactful because basically he's stepping out in his faith in the force, right? And being like, I got this. The force is with me. This is the right thing. I will, I will make it, you know, I will make it to the thing and do the thing that needs to be done right now. I think it makes it that much more like, mm, like impactful blind because face. he's blind. Yes. Hey, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's like the, that's like the most Jedi, like it may not have the most Jedi in that movie in Rogue One. And yet mm-hmm. there's more faith in the force in that movie than in any yes. other Star Wars movie. That's- yes. That's true. I think that there is this, um, like, really looking at the Force as this almost kind of like a religion, right? Mm -hmm. And I I thought, I find that very interesting. I'm not particularly religious myself, but, uh, girl, I'm sitting here being like... (laughs) The force is with me. <laughs> and, uh, and I, yeah, like, I just, I love this so much. I love it. I love this movie. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting point. Cause I, you know, I'm half Filipino. I'm part Italian. So default, of course I grew up uh, Catholic. <laughs> um, so we grew up going to church a lot, but I think that it was never, um, what's interesting about my parents is that they never like pushed religion on us. It, it wasn't like a very, literal thing where it's like oh the bible says this so you that's what you do it was very maybe it was more of like a spiritual thing so i feel like there's that element of in these movies of like especially in rogue one where we're talking about the force and it kind of takes on this whole um like multi-dimensional meaning of like it's not something you can see and he's not like to to your point folk about him being like it's not jedi heavy but you're starting to see the force kind of uh, form in like a different way and people believing it in it and and like it's religion but more in a like, spiritual way not like well the force says don't eat meat on fridays or whatever because mm-hmm. <laughs> grogu will eat anything grogu oh my god eat your babies right out of your container that you left on the ship or whatever oh my god he's so bad <laughs> he's such a bad little boy a uh, little sweet grogu uh the child um speaking of grogu and speaking of all these wonderful characters we need to take a quick break but when we come back we are going to talk about some cool I mean, well, should I say like the 14 Star Wars shows that are coming out? <laughs> Not one of them having to do with Baze and Shirut. I mean, I'm screaming. Um, so let's take a quick break and we'll talk about these upcoming shows when we return. Hey, it's Rebecca Lieb. And I'm Jason Horton. And we are Ghost Town, a show about weird history, hauntings, unexplained events, true crime, and all kinds of bizarre phenomenon the world over. From unsolved murders to haunted manors. Satanic panic to internet mysteries. Buy a ticket to our abandoned amusement park. A VIP ghost pass to our haunted club? No. Bottle service. We have new episodes of Ghost Town every Wednesday and Friday, and you can find Ghost Town wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Crush Fictionally. So we gave you a little bit of a preview of 
The Sound of Metal, which we highly recommend because Bodhi Rook, aka Riz Ahmed, stars in The Sound of Metal, and Kim and I love that movie and also wept in it just like we, we mm-hmm. wept for Rogue One. But there's so much good Star Wars uh, and I guess Disney Plus content coming out in uh, as uh, a side note to Sound of Metal, but they're also, we're just coming off May 4th, May the 4th be with you. And The Bad Batch, uh, which is an animated series, came out on May 4th. So there is that if anybody is looking for more new Star Wars content because you've already finished all of The Mandalorian. Um, I will say, <laughs> I did some research because I haven't started The Bad Batch yet. I don't know if either I of you have. But I came across this article that said of all the things I, all the things I need to watch before watching the Bad Batch, and it seemed like a lot because I haven't watched the <gasps> oh, Clone really? Wars series. Oh yeah, the Clone so, Wars! My God, so much. Someone background. hit me up and tell me if I really need to watch all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. So it's just like pull up the YouTube. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. If there's like seven seasons of the Clone Wars, um, but I'm am excited about the Bad Batch. It sounds really great. Um, I will say this for Kim. Uh, <laughs> don't the- do it. Don't I do have it to me. To. I have to. It's her favorite Marvel <laughs> character, Loki. He's got his own dedicated series, comes out on June 9th. So y'all <laughs> can check that out if you'd like to see more Loki, more Tom Hiddleston. That's the show for I'm you. I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I would I would say that. And then obviously you can go back and watch any of the, anything from the Star Wars canon that's already been released. Like you can watch... Mark Hamill in his very first, his first big break in the first uh, Star Wars movies, or you can watch Rogue One. And you guys don't know this, but we're recording on Mother's Day. And so um, shout out to the moms or aunties, friends, uh, mom-like ladies out there, or dudes, I don't know. Um, and wish them, tell them you love them. Happy Mother's Yay. Day to them. And to Donnie Yen's mom, who is also... <laughs> A martial arts master. Get you, get you guys to know that. <laughs> she it is. Just keeps How cool getting is better that? and better. Donnie N. I mean, he said his mom is his idol. I mean, what <gasps> a great way to. Mommy Yen. Yes. Mommy Yen. That's cool. <laughs> whoop your a martial, ass. A martial arts master can whoop Donnie Yen's ass. Um, but there is a lot more Disney content, Kim, that you're going to tell us about. Listen, I'm going to fly through this because, again, Disney's trying to take my money, which is okay. I'm already, like, throwing my money at Disney. So, guys, buckle in. We've got a lot of Star Wars content coming up, okay? You got the Book of Boba Fett coming out December 2021. Listen, you need to watch The Mandalorian. Then then it'll make it that much more satisfying to watch Book of Boba Fett. Um, Then we've got Star Wars Visions coming out. Sometime in 2021, no confirmed date, but it's apparently it's a 10 episode anthology series. So keep that on your uh, uh, on your uh, to do list. The Mandalorian season three, early 2022. I mean, they left me, Can't come soon me and Michelle like screaming at our screens at the end of season two. Can't wait for season three, early 2022. The Cassian Andor series called Andor. Oof. Coming 2022. I know. I (laughs) guys. I mean, talk about this cast. It's going to be freaking phenomenal. Check it out. Andor 2022. Uh, Everybody's been screaming about this the last year. The Obi Wan Kenobi series that is coming out 2022. Christian Hayden coming back. 
is fire. Tell them about that cast. That cast looks straight fire. Um, sh- uh, the cast, here we go, guys. Strap in. Um, <laughs> Joel Egerton, Bonnie Piacey, Kumail Nanj- Nanjiani, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Moses Ingram, Sung Kang, Simone Kessel, Benny Softy, and Maya Erskine, who I love from Pen15. If you're not watching Pen15 on Hulu uh, and you grew up in the, you know, the age of the millennium, as we say, girl, girl, you better go <laughs> watch Pen15. It is so good. Um, and then Ahsoka, if you remember Ahsoka Tano from either the Clone Wars or from this latest season of The Mandalorian, uh, played by the beautiful Rosario Dawson, she is going to be reprising this role. That is TBD. We don't know when that's going to happen, but that's that's definitely on the to-do list for Star Wars. Rangers of the New Republic, that is also TBD, but it'll be another series from our favorites, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Um, and, oh, actually, we got a few more. I was like, last but not least, no, not yet. The Acolyte, again, TBD. Um, we'll see how that, we'll see, uh, how that comes. And then last but not least, Lando, which will be starring, Mm -hmm. of course, the, uh, incomparable, uh, Donald Glover. I mean, guys, he looks so good as Lando in this photograph. I'm looking at this article. I can't wait. I heard that was animated. Is that animated? The Lando one is animated, not live action? Or am I wrong? Oh, I don't think so. Um, I don't think it... It'll be amazing if it's live action. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure it's live action, but... Yeah. Guys, I mean, I know people were hating on Han Solo, a Star Wars story, but I've no. said it before. I will say it today again. I loved that movie. I thought that movie was great. Um, I don't know why people hated on it. Well, look, people love to hate on Star Wars anything and find something wrong with it, but it's true. The Han Solo and, story was great. And nobody hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans, right? <laughs> it's so true. Exactly. <laughs> So, so true. Why is that the thing? Um, I don't know. That's so funny. What was it? The, was um, it the Was it the Force Awakens, or maybe it was the? I think it was the Force Awakens, or the Last Jedi, and then somebody started a petition, and they were like, "We petitioned Disney to remove this movie from the entire Star Wars canon because we hate it so much." I was like, "Dang!" So Dang. very much true that nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans love to hate <laughs> on it. That's so, it's so crazy. confusing. It yeah. is so confusing. <laughs> it's yeah. like real life, you know? So negative self talk, I guess. I know, exactly. Okay, well, we have Lots enough of good love. stuff coming up. We have enough love for uh, Star Wars between the three of us. And I yes. think, uh, I don't know, I love what they're doing with these new series. I love The Mandalorian. What can I say? Um, okay. Shall we get into some honorable mentions? Now, honorable mentions are our favorite fictional characters that didn't exactly make it to the number one spot, but we want to give some love. I feel like I've honorably mentioned every single character in Rogue One. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know. Pretty much, which is like my, almost my entire list of honorable mentions. There's pretty much every single character. I'm not going to repeat them. Rogue One. uh, Although, uh, did we, we didn't say Cassian Andor, Diego Luna. I mean, I I do love that character. Um, I can talk about him quite a bit, I think. (laughs) Yeah, like I like, yeah, like the complexity of him. But um, 
Fook, again, because you are our guest of honor. Who are your honorable mentions this week? Yeah. So, um, is there a limit to the number of people that I can honorably mention? <laughs> no, no, um, no. I I love Old Han. Old Han in the sequel. Too. You know, like <gasps> when he's back, yes. like you know, smuggling and trying to like you know do his old scams and like nothing's working and like his marriage is falling apart. And like it turns out, like it sounds like he was kind of a shitty dad. Like that's mm-hmm. like felt real. Mm-hmm. That was really powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray is also. I love mm-hmm. Ray. Like the character is really amazing. Like for those two characters, like they're both flip, flip sides of the same coin for me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. because I think like in the in the new the new trilogy or yeah the sequel trilogy, there's this question for Han and Leia of. You know, so, so like in the original trilogy, for me, like one of the central questions for Luke is like, like, what do I do with my dad's like a horrible person, right? Like, mm. you know, like, what do I do if my dad's like a shady dad? And, and I think like in the new sequel, like, I think Han and Leia are really struggling with like, what if my kid is a monster? Yeah. Like, what do we do as parents? What if my kid has chosen the dark side after everything right. we've taught him? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. And then, and then Ray, I think is also really interesting because like, I think she's saying like, you know, I think similar to Luke, I think she's like, what if I find out that like my, my heritage, like my DNA comes from like the worst person in the galaxy, you know? And Literally that, mm-hmm. the worst person. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but it's liberating, right? That like your that who your family is doesn't necessarily determine who you are or who you can be in both the, the best mm-hmm. and worst ways. I don't know. I think those are powerful things oh, to grapple with. Yes. So so good. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I, I love how you said old Han. That yes, the story arcs I think are fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. I think franchises, especially something as big as Star Wars, I often have said to Michelle and other people, I'm like, imagine being George Lucas and you have the seedling of an idea and you're like, you know what? I want to do this story and it takes a place in another galaxy and there's these different kinds of people and cultures and it becomes so big and so beloved that it can live beyond you. And it can be, and you can have other people come in and study your world and then create new worlds within that world and new characters within that world. I, I find the whole thing just incredibly fascinating. Um, And And there's so many tie-ins. Like if you watch Rogue One and you see Alan Tudyk's the droid that he voices over, you Mm. see that droid. If you go back and you watch the original the original trilogy or the first Star Wars movies that ever came out, you see just like a glance of that droid who <laughs> yeah. just is an, is an a droid for the empire that you're just like, Oh, what a, that's like a, like a deep cut, deep right? Cut, you're like, yeah. There's something that came out in the late seventies that was thought of then when there's no such thing necessarily as like CGI, like there is now. And you've got now, a character, you know, this full character arc or a character arc that kind of like is a spawn of that idea. And I think that is so very, very cool that it can go that deep and you can, it can see all those little elements. Yeah. What a sandbox, right? Yeah, exactly. I love it. Do you have any other honorable mentions you want to throw out? 
Yeah, I mean Lando, you know, love him. <laughs> um, yeah. Kylo Ren, I think also I mean, for the same reason. Yeah, I mean Kylo Ren's amazing. Adam Driver's amazing, and then yeah. stormtroopers. I mean stormtroopers are ah. sadly, you know, the the grease in the wheels that keep all the story plots turning. That is right? so true, mm-hmm. and they're often st- very funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor stormtroopers. Poor stormtroopers. They actually had. Um, Michelle told me this fun fact in The Mandalorian, how um, the Stormtroopers this past season, they have this really funny dialogue and it was played by two Oh, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah, Jason Sudeikis is one. And uh, who's the other guy? We saw him do a show together in New York and I can, um, Adam Polly. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Adam Polly punched the... Um, puppet the Grogu puppet too hard and I, I don't know I think it was John Favreau who had to take him aside and be like hey yeah, bro. that thing cost, that thing cost like a half million, million dollars, dollars. it's like, worth more than do, you <laughs> you can't do that <laughs> like, yeah don't <laughs> do it it's so great but the dialogue between them as stormtroopers is very very funny so good it's I, so I went good. I went there to be like a Disney plus Star Wars movie that's like kind of like based on the office but it's literally just like the Imperials <laughs> yeah it's doing like shitty office work yeah, like filling out for yeah. they are full to. of ideas. Hire us. We we have Hire us. we have yeah. <laughs> we have not for free. Sure. Just call us up. We'll help you out. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, wait, any so any last? Your, wait, who are your? No, that's it. That's it. Yeah, who are your honor, honorable mentions? Just so the rest of the Rogue One cast. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Uh, I, I'll just shoot through mine real quick. I mean, I love so many characters within the Star Wars universe, but obviously we have to give it up for Chewbacca. I mean, again, we talked about him earlier. He's the ultimate ride or die. Like mm. him and Han Solo's, uh, their friendship is hilarious. I mean, I want to watch them banter at each other all day long. I mean. Spoiler alert, when Han dies and that cry from Chewbacca, if you don't sob or shed a tear at that moment when Chewbacca cries out, you (laughs) might be a droid. And droids, as we've seen, can be very, can be very emotional. So I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you, but Mm. Chewbacca, ultimate ride or die. Grogu, I mean, come on. He's just so damn cute. And I love this introduction of this character and him just Mm -hmm. uh, who is he trying to find out his background. Mondo taking uh, this father-like figure with him. I am here for this. Um, And I also have to give it up for... um, Taika Waititi playing IG-11 in The Mandalorian. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm here for Taika Waititi uh, doing voiceover (laughs) for anything. I love Um, when he does sex kind of stuff. I think it's perfect. In Thor Ragnarok, I'm blanking on the name, but uh, that big rock character that he plays that's like a gentle giant. It's so (laughs) funny. Anyway, so those are my honorable mentions that I'm going to quickly shoot out. But Michelle, who do you got? Um, I've wrote down Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back and Chewbacca. That's the buddy comedy I don't have that I need in my life. <laughs> I love it. He's not my favorite Harrison Ford, but man, that's it's very close, um, him in that movie, because I think he's so adorable and so funny. Um, I'll give it out, obviously, to Fennec Shan, Ming-Na Wen uh, in The Mandalorian. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I like uh, Din Djarin as uh, Pedro Pascal's uh 
uh, portrayal of him. And then I'm going to say this. If we ever do a robots uh, episode, I'm screwed, but I'm going to say I loved as a kid R2-D2. I thought R2-D2 was not. like the coolest thing. Uh, and there's no lots, there's not a lot of words. And then um, lastly, I'll say he wasn't my favorite growing up because I thought the way if you go back and you watch the original trilogy, you're like, yeah, it, they portrayed him kind of weird. Um, but Yoda, I feel like there's a lot to be said about the classic lines. Uh, uh, Yoda, what an iconic character for this weird puppet that they made, you know, back in the late 70s, early 80s that I remember seeing on screen going, but he's so weird and he has this weird laugh. But there's something um, so much that I love about about characters that are underestimated and um, aren't what they seem to be. And I love mm-hmm. that he's this really small character that, that talks funny um, that everyone thinks is like not important and turns out to be kind of the linchpin as in the galaxy um, and master Jedi. So I'll give it up for Yoda. Ooh. Amazing. Great lists. We have talked ad nauseum about the (laughs) Star Wars universe. I loved our conversation. Fook, man, this was the bomb.com having you here to talk Star Wars. Um, How can our listeners follow you and your work? Um, Well, I uh, am not on Twitter because I'm afraid of it, but um, I'm pretty uh, pretty active on Instagram where my handle is Fook Skywalker. So you can find me on Instagram there. And then I have a, and then I have my writer's website, fookskywalker.com. Disney don't sue me, please. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? If they did send me a cease and desist letter, I would frame that thing. Frame it, man. (laughs) Exactly. How many times is Disney going to send you a cease and desist in your life? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Thanks. You can pick up his book, Saigon, S-I-G-H, comma G-O-N-E. Check out Saigon. It was one of the, like I said, the best books that I've read this year. And we're not even like halfway through the year. So thank you for that. And I think anybody listening who reads this book will just find it so beautifully written. You you have such mastery of of language, the way that you tell a story, talk about storytelling. Uh, This book is it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both for having me on the show. And this is the this is the first time I've gotten to talk about Star Wars so much. What? And it's been really fun. Yeah, Aww. so, so fun. I'm glad it was yeah. with us. Yeah, well. absolutely. <laughs> well, oh, what were you going to say, Kim? Sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry. I'll edit this out. Um, did you want to just close out, Michelle? Oh, yeah. Well, thank you to Campfire Media. Thank you for everybody for listening. Fook, thanks for joining us. We had the best time. You can come back anytime to talk about Star Wars or not. Um, we hope that you uh, give us a listen. We're also, by the way, doing a book giveaway. So if you are listening to oh, this, yeah. um, Fook has generously um, agreed to give away a book from his secret stash. And he is going to include some like nerdy star wars stuff in it guys mm-hmm. so yeah. head on over to apple Podcasts, leave us a review and tell us your favorite star wars character and then we will be choosing from the reviews who gets to win this book so you're welcome in advance it's a real easy contest and we hope you uh participate and then i guess the last thing is to say is may the force be with you may the force be with you this is the way in between episodes you can find us on twitter and instagram at crush fictionally 
and feel free to slide into those DMs. Or tell us about your favorite fictional crush when you leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we'll read your crush out loud on the next episode. You've been listening to Crush Fictionally with original music by the talented Edith Mudge, artwork by the incredible Rose Feddock, and produced by the amazing Peter Burns. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung. And remember to love yourself. Because your love is real. listeners of crush fictionally are you ready for a very creepy promo my name is muriel and i love true crime i'm nick and i am not a fan of true crime every week on our new podcast muriel's murders i handpick a real life crime story that i think will blow nick's mind muriel is really enthusiastic about researching and telling me these stories and boy they are a lot some of them are famous Some of them are weirdly under the radar, but all of them contain crime, violence, and murder from across history and around the globe. How does that make you feel, Nikki? Nervous. Are you ready to hear a story? No. Too bad. Here comes Muriel's Murders. Join us every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, and check out the original Muriel's Murders animations on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at Muriel's Murders. Campfire.